Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Fat Lot of Good podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. I'm excited about this episode, people. I'm also excited because this podcast is sponsored by the fabulous FNF Clothing. I love these guys. I love this brand. FNF make clothing for women, which will make you feel gorgeous and it won't break the bank. Now, there are many reasons I love this brand. In particular, I love that they use recycled polyester. That's right, people. This year for spring, summer and autumn, winter 19, FNF saved more than 26 million plastic bottles from polluting the world's oceans. And this was achieved across men's swim shorts, school wear and ladies and men's outerwear. How brilliant is that? So FNF, well, they look good and they do good. So go pick up some clothes from FNF today. You can get them from your Tesco extra shops or get them online at next.co.uk. And the best news is for women, you can get them in sizes from 6 to 22. And go on, follow them on social media. They're at FNF Clothing and you can see all their latest looks. Okay, it's time for the podcast to begin. And welcome to the Fat Lot of Good Podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. I'm a comedian, writer, one half the scummy mummies. I have a big bottom and I like it. Uh, Now, today I am joined not only by one special guest, I have two special guests in the pod room. It is, of course, Annabelle and Emily, the middle. Hello. Hi, Helen. Wow. I am thrilled to have these women. They are not only warm, but they're warriors. They're not only floral and fabulous, but they're fierce and they're taking the world by storm. Thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. I would counter and say that my tits are bigger than your ass. Well, it would make a lovely photo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. I would like to counter and say I love your bottom and your tits. Oh! So I feel really lucky. And Emily has amazing legs. So we're, we're, we've got everything covered. And we're all clever. We're all smart. Put together, we, 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 we form one fully functional human woman. Yes. <laughs> we're like, like, yes, like a mega Charlie's Angels. I think I think that's it for the for the 2000. What are we? 2000 teens. What are we called? It's, what the now? The teens. Are we the teens? Oh, that's the maybe teens? that's why it's so utterly shit. It is. It's so undefinable. And so I don't know. No one knows what they want or who they are. Exactly. We're in this weird isolate. Does that mean it'll all be better next year? Hopefully. When we're so responsible in our 20s. Yeah, because that went well for me. Oh, my God. My 20s were much, much wilder and more ridiculous and more full of bad choices than my teens. Yeah, at least yeah. at least I was at least you were in the bosom of home, you know. Yeah. Like in your twenties, you had to pay rent and kind of be grown up and responsible for yourself. And teens were kind of sheltered in a way, and you had the you had the structure of school. Twenties, just oh dear God! I know you could do all of the things that you could do, and then you realised that you couldn't. That was basically my twenties. Oh, and buying terrible, stupid clothes, and sleeping with terrible men, exactly, and drinking too much and taking too many things, ibuprofen. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Putting all sorts of things in your body you probably shouldn't. But it was it was of the time and you got excited about being in your twenties. You felt like you were finally grown up, but you really weren't. I know, that's the thing, isn't it? I have a suit from or rather I have the suit jacket from my twenties for my first job that I bought from Joseph and it's like super smart. Um, kind of pinstripe suit and the reason I still got it is because I only wore it about three times because I felt like a complete imposter in it in my 20s yeah. now age 44 I'm like oh okay this works 20 years later and I, I still don't feel like a grown up though. I know I remember buying a suit for my, and it was from a brand called Country Road which was like the smart oh that sounds bad <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible it was in a blue pinstripe suit and I was that just, sounds like 
prison officer label. Oh. I can't wear suits. They make me look like a fridge. I can't. I can't do it. Not with these bottoms and these... These, these bottoms. These I'm bottoms. a many, many bottomed woman. <laughs> <laughs> what can bottom. I say? I'm blessed with oh. plenty. I love it, though. When I when I dress in a suit, I look like I'm Annabelle's like, really chic architect wife. Yeah. <laughs> she wears a trouser suit. Oh. Off we go. You match very well. And sometimes I've seen photos of you wearing a matching frock. Yes. And it was that when you launched your first book, I say your first, you're going to have many, I'm of sure. Course. Tons. <laughs> that was an H&M dress. Yeah, which and we both love. Emily bought it and I said, do you mind, dear? And yes. she said no. And, and so it was like a lovely long green floral number. Mm. Yeah, it was number. a really good dress. But actually, a lot. even though we have different shapes, mm. we do have quite a lot of this, uh, similar clothes. Like the jumpsuit that I'm wearing now, Annabelle has and looks great on her. Mm. And then we've got the green dress. We've got another jumpsuit. The trouble you, is that I find is that I, is that because of the <laughs> enormous bosoms, frontage, and I keep talking about the frontage because it has kind of you know from the age of about thirteen defined the way people respond to me and the yeah. way I respond to myself. Because of the frontage, um, my clothes don't last as long as Emily's mm. because the frontage yes it's pulls frontage. on every seam. No, look at my, it's I in a front. There I'm, you go. See, I really I mean, should I'm be forever. in a size twenty shirt, I, I, I but I can't um, bring myself to. Well, even if it was, it would still gape. You have to stitch. You have to stitch yeah. up the gaping button. I stitch everything up. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, I, I think you can tell these women are amazing, warm, funny, uh, terribly honest, terribly, terribly honest. And that's why you are such a success. Now, can you can you tell us what the mid-alt is? How did it come about? Well, it came about largely just to be schlocky because of our friendship and female friendship. And we knew we wanted to do something together before we knew what we wanted it to be. And while we were talking, we realised that no one was talking to us the way that we talked to each other. And everything was put be, to, being put through a slightly weird filter, probably as a relic from... I, I'm marketing men, and they would have been men from the yes. 60s. So we were like, what is a busy working mommy? Does she sort of shower and bistow and douche oh. with Dolmio? Because we didn't relate at all. Mm. And so we wanted something that was honest, a, a new definition really for a new generation, because we grew up with one foot in analog, one foot in digital, so we could do all the hyper-connectedness, but we could also have a conversation. Mm. Um, and we thought it would be interesting to explore that and also to try and... Um, look at other pe- other women like us and, and to assume that we were all more alike than we were unalike. And if yeah. we weren't all in it together, then really we weren't all in it at all. And to bring shame out into the light because it can't survive there. So if we thought if we put everything on the table and we do put everything on the table, yeah. um, then maybe people would respond and and they did didn't they in yeah. a way that we hadn't anticipated and actually I think as well it's been much cheaper than therapy which I can no longer afford so mm. um, it started off me telling Annabelle everything and vice versa and now we tell everybody else everything and then the, the feedback we get and the you know I get stopped at the, uh, the school gates we don't often talk about because I think um, people think that I um, because I put stuff out there because we put stuff out there that basically when talk. someone says how are you we treat it as a question yeah now so now people come up to me in at the school gates and say things like you know I think my therapist is a bit of a dick and I go well if you feel that probably is yeah you know, exactly. and that kind of thing and um and I had another experience where I was like I complaining about my back because obviously backs hurt all the time um welcome to your 40s and the girl turned around to me and said I'm having a hysterectomy next week and I said you win and yes. then we laughed <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that we wanted to do was um do something where there were no children yeah. present because people I mean primarily in our lives you yes do brilliant stuff that aggregates around kids but mm. we we didn't want to do that because there was a lot of good stuff that was doing it probably better than we could because we wanted it to be just about identity separated from talking about kids mm. and also because there's so much pain around having children that we and which I personally had experienced in a really kind of um, sharp and bitter way yeah. um, that I um, we didn't want to inflict that on other people we thought okay if they can come to us you know I, I went through a phase in my life when I couldn't um, watch a nappy advert I couldn't walk through a maternity department I had a kind of inner monologue of hatred when I saw a pregnant woman mm. um, and so we just thought that we would not we would lovingly remove children with a syringe that is a lovely thing if only (laughs) 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 oh what a thought anyway but yeah I I think that's so true because as soon as you have a child you go into the mum camp and like you are you're basically quite isolating yeah you're either a parent or a non-parent uh you're not just women which we and you're judged on that yeah exactly absolutely because you had when did you you've got a child i have a i have a boy who i had by myself yes yeah yeah just turned five but um but also the other thing about the medal that we wanted was we wanted light and shade so we wanted it to be fucking funny as funny as we could make it but also really to like press the bruise sometimes Mm. and to look at what causes us pain and humiliation and anguish and anxiety and panic, fucking panic, whether yeah. it's whether it's moths or death. <laughs> and I mean, when when we 
in the introduction to the book, we go through all the things that we've been through in our 20s together and, and separately. And it go, the list is like endless, sort of like eating disorders, dead dads, post-traumatic disorder, nuclear financial breakups, emotional breakups, addictions. Just addictions. Mm. It just goes on and on and on. Mm. And I think, and think- I don't think, but I don't think we're particularly extreme. That makes us sound like like insane rock stars. I think we're we're pretty bog standard. I think yeah. most people have got that in the closet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that the notion of as soon as you hit forty, you're just sort of this bland. You know, your past is. Uh, erased by your tweed and your bow. Yeah, there's shirts. an assumption that there's there will be a numbing, a dumbing down of mm. emotion, and I think the opposite happens. It's just we're not teenagers, so we don't act out on it in the same way. And we've got money. We've, you know, <laughs> some of us do. I don't. I'm really, okay, that's a, but we have we have probably more money than we did in our twenties. Yeah. Even if it is an extra twenty quid, and we go, fuck it, I'm going to buy that face cream, or I'm going to treat myself. Well, so we have choices. Yeah, exactly. And I love the have. fact when I walk down the street with, you know, on the school run or whatever with kids and looking to all um, intents and purposes like a kind of, you know, responsible human adult. And then I just and then I see people coming the other way, you know, because they've been coming from the pub or, or wherever or for a party. And I just think, you know, you look at me and you think. Oh look, there she goes. That kind of if only pillar you knew. of society. Yeah. Oh, if only you knew. Exactly. If only you knew. Because Emily's one of those really funny, well, people who is 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 a pillar of the community. She's a compulsive volunteer. <laughs> she goes to church. She runs Sunday school. She reads in church. She's a very good person. She will leap to help anybody. But she has a properly murky past, and you would never know. Look at her. She's like a vicar's wife. <laughs> Exactly. I, I, well, I, my my father is a vicar, and my mother was, of course, the vicar's wife. But she was a virgin when she was born. She has m- only one drink at a time. So she she projected this image to me about what a mother should be, a wife should be. The house was she was like a cleaning ninja. When we woke up in the morning, the breakfast table was laid. She was, the, was she was the, the Victorian domestic angel. Yes, they, she they was. About. She was, and it's really interesting because I still have that in the back of my head about how a mother should behave and how I should be around my my children. And it's it's a bit more like Fab, but my children are going, stop being so sarcastic. You're not wearing that. Stop swearing, <laughs> Helen. Yeah, they call me Helen. Stop swearing, mummy. Um, and, and you speak about this so beautifully in your podcast. One of the questions that you ask your guests is, so tell us about your relationship with your mother and how that kind of defines... Because now that you're both mothers, how how have you, how does well, that play on you? Well, well the way, the, what plays again and again in my head is that I would just like to make different mistakes. Yeah. I know I'm going to fuck up in all sorts of areas, mm. but I'd like them to be my own fuck ups and not my parents. Yeah. And to me, that's slightly winning. So having an awareness around what shaped me. And it's just, like an evolution. Just, yeah. exactly that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think as well, like uh, my mum started coming to some of our events, and 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 she she loves the book, and I think she's been sort of profoundly moved by the female friendship element and mm. the fact that women now go out and will have a good time. She says, you know, in in when she was you know first married, it never would have occurred to her and the other wives or or friends or whatever to go out for dinner or if they wanted to go. No, and see if a play there was or, a hot new restaurant, you had mm. to wait for some man who was unsafe in taxis to take you. You you couldn't do that stuff yeah. by yourself. No, that's why I love. When you go out and just see a gaggle of women just getting progressively either more gossip or more drunk or whatever, I think that's why hen nights were invented. Yeah, and why they're sort of a bit odd now. It's because we can all go and get pissed with our friends every night of the week if we yeah, want to. But exactly. I think it was that was a, that was a precious window mm. when you were sanctioned to be able to go and be rowdy with other women. Your last, your last hurrah. That was it, and then yeah. pop the pinny on. And uh, and serve. What did you do for your wedding, Emily? So for my wedding, which was to my lovely husband Chris, I now have to say this because he's totally freaked out by the fact that I never mentioned him because we podcast. don't mention babies or husbands. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, this is quite liberating. I know exactly. So my lovely husband Chris, um, and um, I I got married at Chiswick House, and because I don't drink, I don't like the 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 whole long um, wedding fandango. So it started at four, and we left at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> See you, bitches. <laughs> Everyone else. So you could keep got... it cheap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. No dance floor. So it was basically actually... a, a ceremony and a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and some oysters and a magician. But um, <laughs> but you know, but it was basically a kids party and cake. I mean, essentially, actually, it was just a. It was a. It was. Did a... you have a booze-free reception? No, no, no. Tons of booze. Okay. I think my parents-in-law still are drinking the booze. <laughs> um, but no, because they really they they overordered. No, so but um, no. Ever... And then everyone else went and got apps. 
absolutely shit-faced till kind of whatever and Chris and I just went, went to bed. Excellent. But, well, um, but it was lovely. lots of lovely sex. Yes, that was the great thing about um, not being either drunk or exhausted because it finished at 8.30, so yeah. Yes, off off you went. <laughs> <laughs> and would you would you like to talk about being sober? When did you, how long yes. have you been sober? So I, I, I think it's either 13 or 14 years. I know that sounds, it sounds weird to not actually, I used to forensically kind of, yes. um, but I think it, I think it nearly 14. It's like children December. for the first, you count yes. by months and then by years. By every, and then, by and minutes. And, yes. then, and yeah. then now I'm like, oh, maybe. And then that sounds quite grand. But yeah, so I stopped drinking. Basically, um, I was a, just a disastrous, I, I t- a lot of my narrative is all about self-loathing. Mm. So it was just another way of kind of punishing myself. And it it got to a point where I was in my head so unreliable and he just really despised myself. And, mm. um, and uh, so I stopped. I thought, okay, if I change one thing, maybe it will help. Yeah. And so I stopped drinking. And there's a history of alcoholism in my family. So it wasn't like it was a sort of and obviously, I was a terrible drunk, so it wasn't well, like we, a big you know, secret. We used to go out and get, in, yeah. you know, and get into all sorts of trouble together. But I would, you know, I'd pull the ripcord at two on a mm. work night. And Emily would call in sick the next day, or yeah. get someone to call in sick for her. So exactly. that was the, the difference, really. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, no I'd stop. go out. We'd go out for a drink on a Friday, and I would still be going on Sunday morning. You know, yeah. that's as, and 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 I I have a really addictive personality, so I can you know whether it's Haribo or box sets or if there was know, a plate, you wouldn't know because she's so slim. If there was a plate of biscuits. <laughs> Or it's morning, so croissants in the middle yeah. of this table. The moment they landed there, Emily's eyes would go crazy and darting. Yeah. And she'd start to calculate when she could have one yeah. and also how they would be divided up. So, how many she could have. It, yes. it, goes, yeah. it runs across all sorts yeah. of in areas fact, of your actually, life. I really it? remember um, when I was having my epidural with Esme um, uh, and they, they kept the drugs. I don't know if you guys remember, they kept the drugs in the drawer. And uh, and I would just, be, every time the midwife came in, I would watch her going towards the drawer. And mm. I had my eye on the fucking drawer the whole time because mm. I was like, there is, and you know, it's a totally, it's yeah. like a, that's where the, that's where the stuff is. Yeah. Um, anyway, thankfully, that's, that isn't, that's not how I feel about alcohol anymore. But, and it, it's been amazing, but it just, so, so I stopped drinking and it, I mean, you know, overnight, it was the thing. It was mm. the thing. And yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't suffer from um, kind of, you know, terrible self-loathing or anxiety <laughs> still. But um, but at least it's not counter, it's not sort of fueled by massive, you know, imbalance. And I'm not about to blow up my life every two seconds, that's, which is what used to happen. That's great news. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, let's go back to friendship because I think one of the great things about what you do is you speak as a, a united voice. Like when you read your book, I'm Absolutely Fine, that's the title of the book, you you speak as one voice. Most of the, It's very liberating that. Yeah. Because it means that the, that the various things can't really be attributed to you, like who slept with the IT guy or yeah. whatever it might be. And also particularly with the painful stuff. Mm. Because it, it with the stuff that's like who, you know, who who got drunk, who took drugs, who did crazy stuff. But it but when it's when you when we're diving deep, deep, deep into anxiety or into shame, um, which is also in there, it's quite nice to know that no one knows who Yeah. Has written that bit. I know because I when I re- the book is amazing. You must buy it. It's now available in floppy covered softback. Yeah. What's it called? Paperback. 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 <laughs> softback. It describes me. Soft. It's silverback. Floppy back. <laughs> soft cover. Um, I like floppy back. Why don't we bring floppy back? Yeah. <laughs> bring floppy back back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that because I was trying to because you when you know the person who's written the book, you kind of have their voice in their head but I was trying like it, it kind of it, it sort of changed between your voice and, and, and Annabelle's voice but also sometimes it's meant to be just you know all of our voices it's that internal monologue that mm. we all have the conversations we have with ourselves yeah. in the bath sitting on the bed staring at the wall the 56 things we do before 8am what we're telling ourselves what we're trying to convince ourselves of yeah. what we're trying to talk ourselves into and out of it's, it's, it's meant to be you know a little bit general because I really do think that we, we all have a lot in common I mean mm. one of the theories we have is that uh, we call it middlehood sits in the Venn diagram where potential meets anxiety. Mm. That's where we are because we have, you know, we have so much to offer and so much wisdom and so much erudition and perspective and also 
a huge surge of panic and worry mm. happening at the same time. And it's kind of interesting, that. Yeah. And, and the thing, what's been nice about the sort of the collective personal, as Annabelle, I think, coined that phrase, um, is that, you know, the women who respond to us and write to us and email us and whatever, they say, how did you get inside my head? How do you know? And it's yeah. because it's coming from Someone our Someone said, I think those. your book was written by my subconscious. Yeah. That's a lovely thing to oh, say. Oh, it's so brilliant. That's why we bother, really. It's that connection. Yeah. And so, because the middle, obviously, you're... Not, you're not redefi- you're not redefining middle age you're just being honest about what it's about well I think it is about something that it didn't used to be about yeah you know it used to be about a shirt waster a blue rinse and staying at home yeah you know? um and, and quietly it, getting angry about the menopause with but but not letting it on you couldn't talk about the men oh pause I mean it's a terrible name there's so dreadful. much <laughs> horror attached to that dreadful. um and you know we're 44 and then the run-up to it and quite curious about it actually yeah I'm, I'm, she says about to turn on the air conditioning <laughs> again <laughs> quite self-fanning <laughs> along the way. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I love now that we're seeing more middle-aged bodies because obviously in films you were either the you know ingenue or the the skinny little thing or the nasty ex-wife or whatever or the grandma or the unfuckable best friend or the deranged cougar who you know looked super hot and but was but was sort of you know somehow old and therefore a joke yeah but now you've got you know like people like emma thompson uh helen mirren who we could probably say is we'll just she'll forever be in the middle i can't ever see her being old but they're the women are portrayed as sexy but also we're getting a diversity of bodies Mm. uh that we haven't seen before and you've both been in media you know, most of your working lives. Have you, are you seeing a change in the way, um, obviously you're doing it through your column and your Instagram, but do you think more broadly we're seeing a change about? Yeah, I think there's a long way to go. I think most body positivity and diversity advocates are incredibly beautiful. Mm. So that's fine to stand in your pants and say, I stand for all women. Yeah. I do remember, though, I think something interesting has happened with the age agnosticism. I remember when I first worked on a magazine, um, and this is about 20 years ago, and um, and we were in a meeting talking about who to put on the cover. And this woman's name came up and she was 26. And the male editor said, I think she's past it, don't you? Fuck me. Yeah. And I think and and I think it was because she'd had a child and she'd had a child young. So the combination of being 26 and, and a mother, mother mm. meant that she was soiled in some way and therefore over. And it was and I was shocked at the time. And now yeah. I'm astounded. I'm yeah. not sure that would happen now. And I no. think that I think it's interesting as well, you know, ha- watching covers being put together and body parts being moved or shrunk or whatever, yeah. you know, reshaped and, it's like, and, uh, yeah. and and sort of oh and and the sort of the level of kind of scrutiny and criticism and mm. and whatever and smoothing and you know it's, it's but the only it's difference actually, now is that women are doing it to themselves. 
Yes. With filters and Facetune apps Fa- and those kinds of things. I didn't so know about Facetune. So even though the media, you know, the, the, the media, whatever the media is now. Yes, the You know, media. the greater, yeah. you, yeah. Know, the, the, you know, the, the, the mountain is, is saying, oh, no, we won't airbrush and here's some diversity of age and shape mm. and colour. And I think it does filter through. Like, I mean, I definitely, um, I feel more, I feel positive about, for my kids, for my girls, I have two girls who mm. are seven and nine, and I do feel more positive about the kind of, um, images that they're going to see. You yeah. know, when I was 15, there was the Patrick, I think it's Patrick de Marchelier cover of Vogue with kind of Cindy. The famous one. Krista yeah. Turlington, Naomi Campbell. Black and white. You know, black with and white. Supers. Mm. supers with their bodies and whatever. And that was the epitome. And then, you know, the epitome of kind of female beauty. And then we had the Kate Moss years. Yes. Where Waif was in. And if yeah. you're, you know, God, I mean, it, 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 it was. The thigh gap, the massive thigh gaps. And nobody could achieve. Nobody can achieve. And mm. I think that the the idea that that was the pinnacle of kind of female beauty. And, mm. Whatever it and, took, even if it made you extremely ill. Yeah. yeah. That was what you needed to be. Terrible yeah. bad breath because of all the dieting. Or yeah. that ketone. I think it's really brilliant that you can, that yeah, that my girls will be able to see on Instagram or whatever or or, or on YouTube or wherever it is. Wherever well, if you it is, think about it, when I remember when I was, you know, when we were like 14 or 15, what you really, really didn't want, sorry, Helen, yeah. was a big ass. Right? Yeah. That was, oh, yeah, she's very pretty, but she's got a big bum. You no. Know? And now with Kim Kardashian, whoever, you know, all anybody wants is a bigger. So, yeah. so that's what worries me also about about um, young women uh, leaping into plastic surgery and mm. having their tits done and their noses done, their chins done and their arses done because fashions change. Yeah. So, and this is permanent stuff. And also there's, if you get it done when you're 18, I'm thinking really about Love Island. Yeah. Then you have, you've given yourself no chance to grow into your body or to accept your body Absolutely. and I think it's a bit like um, redecorating one woman one room in a house mm. so if you get your nose done then maybe the rest of your face starts to look a bit strange yeah. same with tits same with tummy same with bum you know, so I just I just think that 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 concerns me a little bit yeah and I like my body much more now than I did in my teens and my 20s mm. because I I don't know I don't know what it is specifically because it's not a massive size shift or whatever I think it's just understanding where I've got power mm. and I think you you feel so disempowered in in your teens and your 20s certainly just because you're on your path whereas now you know I feel much more oh god dare I say it empowered I'm not gonna say it actually (laughs) Annabelle's looking at me like please don't use that fucking word (laughs) She's she's making faces now, <laughs> but it is. I I just all, all I ever saw in my twenties was what was wrong with my body. Yes, and it was exactly. a lovely body back then. But now now I just look for the good. Like it's a complete shift. I'm like, oh, my boobs aren't quite as low as I thought they would be. Or, or if I go to the gym and lift a bit of weights and I feel strong, that that's like a new high. It, I, the strength is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly since I've recently got some kind of fucking sciatica or and in this side of me and some sort of carpal tunnel on this side of me. And, it's just, and all I want to do is think, oh, I'll be able to. Tie up my shoelaces in thirty years. You yeah, know, I want to, but don't Get off you? The I don't you find, do you? Yes, without going oof. Yeah, but do you find? I find that um, I don't have the same body, um, and uh, you know, and my body changes every day. Yeah, I don't know what's going to greet me in the mirror. I don't know when I look down at myself. I don't know what I'm going to see every mm. day. Part of it is subtle. I'm sorry. Part of it, I think, is, is psychosomatic. But part of it, I think, is 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 actual. But whether it's hormonal mm. or it's water retention or it's because I've exercised because I haven't. Every day, yeah, it's different. I know. I and I. So I was, this morning, I was sort of looking at my boobs and like, are the nipples going in? They look smaller <laughs> than they were yesterday. And sometimes, sometimes I have the pouch yeah. on my tummy. Like tummy kind of hangs funny, and then other days it doesn't. It's mm. a very strange. It's a strange. You're sort of greeted with a, you know, like those flip books where you yes. used to. <laughs> Yes, well, you can make the different different shapes. Yes, Yes, exactly. These are my knees today. Yes, I have a fireman's hat. (laughs) But, you know, I guess we are a cluster of cells. We're not mobile phones. So maybe it should be expected that we look different, but it's weird to experience that different morning. And for me, particularly with the frontage, as we've discussed and all that, it makes getting dressed really stressful and sweaty. Yeah. Because I think I'm, you know, I think, oh, that's what I'll wear tomorrow for this meeting or whatever I've got. And then I think that'll be great. And I put it on and it just is in no way great. Yeah, everything is wrong. I think our sense of self shift all the time as well so when when I look at my wardrobe and I think today I want to be you know this sort of power pussy or I want to be a kind of you know um I want to like softer or I'm going to be this or whatever and 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 then your body doesn't respond accordingly and your clothes don't respond and then you just stand wrapped in a towel and you cry yeah and yeah. then some end up wearing a rather dispiriting mix of just s- stuff that will get me out the door yeah rather than stuff that I you know 
love. I know. I, love this I, dress. I had a real not a tantrum, but today I was like, I'm going off to see you guys, so my friends, and I I could literally wear anything. But I was like, no, but I want to feel good. Yeah. I want to feel good before I leave the house. I can't just. And it, it's a weird mix because you have that discussion. But it's like it shouldn't matter, and I'm fine as I am. But I want to feel gr- the best I can be before I leave the front door but it's interesting it's not about looking good isn't it it's about feeling good and yeah. that's the thing isn't it it's it is exa- i totally it's how you want to project to kind of mm. it, it isn't like a sort of a flat magazine thing you want to be a walking talking well so isn't it funny when you have those days happy female <clears throat> where you feel like you look kind of great yeah and so you have a great day yeah and and i don't look in the mirror very much it's not i'm just, if i do look in the mirror i look in a compact one feature at a time i'm okay. not i don't like mirrors much but so i have a day when i feel great because i think i look great i get home and i look terrible <laughs> but i still have a great day my mascara is down my face my bra- i've got back fat <laughs> the whole thing's a terrible disaster hairy legs i hadn't noticed chin hairs i mean awful but it doesn't matter at that point because I'm then because you'd, you'd flicked a switch mm. you've had like no it's going to be happy powerful fabulous Annabelle fancy Annabelle, fancy uh, Annabelle. And, <laughs> and then and then you're okay and it's so weird that we we make these rules and I'm sure the rules change every single day I have to do this this and this and then I'll be okay and then I'll be fine or then I'll be fabulous I think you're I right do... I think that, that, so that's another layer of fuckery yeah your body changes mm. and the rules change so you're basically <laughs> on one of those incredibly unfun fun houses with slidey <laughs> floors yeah. and a yeah. fun fair it's like yeah. a really complicated maths problem that yeah. like even Stephen Solve Hawking <laughs> like R.I.P. Yeah. would not be able to solve no no we're, we're, we're complex but wonderful us women <laughs> um, so uh, now this is a this is a podcast obviously all about bodies and we have got it but can you both describe or tell me how you both feel about your bodies today it's really interesting actually because I've been thinking about it a lot in mm. in um, in anticipation of the question and I, I I last night I had I went out for dinner with my with my mum and my sister and I ate my plate of noodles at, at a Thai restaurant and then I ate my mum's plate of noodles and I looked at myself in the mirror last night and I thought oh my god I can't believe you did that and that whole kind of spiral of kind of control and you know you're gonna pay for it and this and and I just thought fuck off yeah. This is not helpful now. How would you pay for it? Well, by by, I don't know, by su- 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 something feeling tight or uncomfortable, or by um, by m- sort of a negative self image, like waking up in the morning and then Helen's going to ask me how I feel about my body, and all I will think is, "Well, I ate two plates of noodles last night," and that's and it's yeah. that punishing. So I'm in a little bit of a kind of punishing sense of my body and I think it's partly because summer is coming mm. or trying to come failing to come <laughs> it's um it's edging and um and uh, and I feel like I feel like oh I should be ready for summer mm. um and I don't feel I don't feel that but um but but I also know that that's insane. Yeah. And so you, so you you've got enough sort of consciousness to yes. sort of say no Emily sit down this is not helpful this is not useful yeah stop it but but there is still that nagging voice of well if you had to get into a bikini now it would not look good because you've had all everything else saying you're you're wrong yeah you are wrong yeah. <laughs> all the lies that feed that that tell you your body is wrong and whatever you do is wrong and then you then you know that you're because you've been educated and you you've been in, empowered empowered uh that uh that that those feelings are incorrect. So I had a really good thing the other day, which was someone said, "I just wish that that voice in my head, that that, that the evil voice that tells me lies and tells me these things, had maybe a French accent." <laughs> Or just because the trouble with that voice is it sounds exactly like me. Yes. If only I knew that it was devilish and feeding me information that is going to serve me very badly. Mm. You know, if it sounded like a man, for example. <laughs> but it doesn't. It sounds yes. just like me saying yeah. you're going to look like hell in your bikini. Yeah. Why, why are you doing this? Yeah. Then I had Annabelle's voice in my head too, which is why I'm wearing this really fab jumpsuit um, because I've been saving it for best. And Annabelle has just written a piece about say, not why we save things for best, which yes. is again another way mm. of kind of Make controlling your ourselves less worth yes yes so i put on my i put on my um my safer best jumpsuit and now i feel great yeah. so there you go so this morning not good and you know negative voice because of the noodles noodle voice <laughs> and then you know now go away noodle voice yeah, go away noodle voice i wish it <laughs> but you're quite good at micro panic yes she's quite good at not letting it take hold and run her yes um, so you can you, you can recover quite well these days, yes. can't you? You're yes, a good I've, self coach. I've, I've bounced back. Yeah, there you go. Annabelle, now how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm in a bit of pain. 
Oh no! Because of this thing in my lower back and this thing in my arm. So, mm. um, and what it what it meant last week, I was in a really bad state about my body because I hadn't been able to exercise mm. for about six weeks because oh, of no. this, which made me feel mad and super fat. Yeah. Um, and I've got a history with that in that um, about nine years ago, I lost six and a half stone um, through heartbreak. Wow. So did you just stop eating? No, I got addicted to exercise. Wow, okay. I cried on the cross chain. I cried lifting weights, I, you know. And then I had a child. So when I don't exercise, it makes me panic. Yeah. So what I, the, one of the reasons I'm in pain today is I've gone back to the gym, even <gasps> though I'm injured. Okay. And so the result is I'm in more pain, but I feel much better. <laughs> so you've had, you've had the high, you've had the endorphins. But also I can see, I've been to the gym four times in the last six days or something, just mm. doing a sweat. Yeah. Nothing complicated. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, and I can feel that my body is different. I can wear clothes slightly differently. Yeah. It's and I don't know psychosomatic or actual probably both yeah um but so at the moment i'm feeling uncomfortable and yet more comfortable yeah this is it but you have to i think so like i've been i just got back into i had like three or four weeks off running because ellie and i ran with many other women bravo by the in way. our pants very slowly ellie was the fastest <laughs> By far, was she was she? the first. Yes, she likes winning, uh, but <laughs> I love her for that. Um, <laughs> did, she, did she run ahead? Yes. Yeah, we started off together <laughs> for the first minute, and then I said, "No, you go on." Uh, <laughs> so uh, she said, "Well, if you don't you mind, no, I know. Sure. she's off like in a cloud of smoke. She ran, 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 ran." Um, but yeah, I it was my Pilates teacher who said to me, and I was like, "Oh, I can't run again. I'm, I'm going to be slow. I'm going to be slow." She said, "Just walk it. Mm. Just walk the five k." And then do a bit more running. And like, like when someone just gives you really obvious advice, you're like, of course, I can just go for a walk. Because I, I set this expectation. I was like, well, I've got to run 10K again because I've just run 10K. And I've told the whole fucking universe that I can run 10K. And now I'm letting myself down. I'm letting all my followers down. Uh, no, but I could just go for a walk. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel amazing. And then the next day I ran a little bit. And, like, all that's a thing. And I think we feel like we always have to hit these. Well, I put massive expectations about what I have to do. Uh, and also, and, and when people say, oh, you've inspired me to do something. And I was like, oh, I, do I owe it to them? But then you have to kind of just ignore that as well and just get on with what, what I feel like I have to do. But exercise has just been it's an awakening because I think at, at high school and stuff, when you're doing PE, that P, it just felt like a horrible thing. Like a torture. Like a it torture. It was punishment, wasn't it? Particularly if you weren't naturally yeah. sporting. And then so at the age of, you know, 34 or something, I suddenly, having never run for a bus, yeah. got really athletic, like really strong. Yeah. And no one would have known that that was possible, but it just sort of happened. Yeah. And it happened without me knowing it was happening. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I didn't force myself to do it. I just did it. And it's true what they say about the fact that after three months you get addicted. Yeah. You know, literally on the 90th morning I woke up and thought, this is just what I do now. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's it. You just have to keep going back. And the trouble is it's hard to find, even though you feel like a bit of an arsehole for saying it, oh, yeah, you know, exercise is redemptive in some way. Mm. It's hard to find a downside unless Mm. you're going, unless you're, you know, running on a twisted ankle and, you know, going mad. It's hard to find a downside to just moving a bit. No, and that's all it is. Someone said, like, even if you do four times a week, 10 minutes of huffy puffy walking, that will will be completely. I do find that since I've got no time now, the exercise I'm doing is is better than nothing exercise. Yes. <laughs> rather than where, what, rather than what was a sort of a regime years ago. With, yes, yeah. I'll do. There's cardio and there's Pilates and there's, you know, not not now. It's just yeah. move a bit when there's a half an hour window. Yeah. And Emily, are you the same? I, I started running at the beginning of the year and I quite like running in the dark, listening to Cardi B with my dog and a hood on, like <laughs> and as fast as I could around the park. I love it. Like, yeah. Like, 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 if anyone bumps into me, I'm going to fuck them up. <laughs> um, and then I hurt my knee. Oh. Um, I told her that would happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, like, everything I do, I do it. I did it, like, every night. Because I was like, this is so great. This feels so good. So yes, you're going to hurt yourself. I know. Um, and I hurt my knee. And now, so now I'm just, like, running once a week. And I never thought I could run ever. Emily walks a lot, though. But so I walk she's a lot. very active. Yeah. She walks the dog. She walks everywhere she goes. You know, she's walking miles and miles every yeah, day. Yeah, listening so. to podcasts. Yes. And, uh, no, I walk and walk and walk. So so I feel that that's good. And then, you know. Um, um, Can I just say, the other day, I thought, I'll walk for once. Don't like walking. Yeah. And uh, so I walked for maybe, I walked in between every meeting, whatever, I walked for maybe two, two and a half hours. And it said 8,000 steps at the end of the day. And you're meant to do 10. How, I ask you? Who's got time to walk for, you know, two and a half, three hours a day to get that to That doesn't make sense, steps? I'm sure. There sure. must have been more. Maybe is, there's something wrong with your... Is my phone telling me lies? Yeah, great, I think, yeah. great. That's yeah, that, that sounds like a... 
like a 15,000 step day, not an 18,000. I violently agree, Helen. I read such a funny short story with David Sedaris talking about his Fitbit and how he became addicted. See, I don't think I should get one. Yeah. And, uh, and he started literally like walking from, like he lives in West Sussex. He started walking between villages to compulsively get over 30,000. Like he was hitting 30,000 steps a day. Like... That's what, a lot of Basically walking. spending seven hours a day walking. <laughs> yes. And then he was like, I think this might be out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had one and I was just always doing that. And then I'd, then I'd just like do some marching in the kitchen just to top up or just to get to a nice even 16,000. So it does play on you. Yes, it's like you wanted the even number. It's like never trust anyone who leaves the telly volume on an odd number. Yeah. What do you mean 29? <laughs> What's wrong with you, you psychopath? <laughs> Oh my god! Don't come round to our house. Many reasons. Why. Oh my god! This is the end of the middle. <laughs> no, no, like Emily, Emily does things like she leaves the fridge open. Yes. And I feel my my neuroticism. I just think I just think the cold is pouring out, pouring, pouring out. Everything's going rotten. <laughs> Shut the fridge thing, door. The sexiest thing my husband has ever done for me yeah. was smash the alarm that tells the <gasps> the, the, the beep alarm. Amazing. That tells you when the fridge has been open for too long. That's an incredible service. He should put that online. Do you know what I mean? He <coughs> took it down. I was yeah. like, you are so hot right now. <laughs> Smash more things. things. Yes, exactly. I've just Smash lost my heart on. Yeah. <laughs> Smash oh. more things that are BB at me, please. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and days and days, but we, we have to get into the quick fire round. Um, but before we do that, I just want to do a quick plug. You also do a brilliant podcast called I'm uh, Absolutely Fine and your book is now available in both hardcover and, and floppy, and floppy, floppy back <laughs> floppy back <laughs> floppy back is my favourite oh my god thing. I'm going to put that oh, on a t-shirt yeah. excellent and where can people follow you uh, they can follow us at the Middle on Instagram mm-hmm. and on Twitter at the Middle. And they can read you. And you and do subscribe to your brilliant... Oh, yes. If you go to themidult.com, the then um, you can sign up to our newsletter, which, which comes I out every love. week. love. And I do want a sabbatical. Thank you very much. That was your last <laughs> one. So, excellent. All right. So, we're going to go into the quick fire round. Okay. Are we ready, ladies? Oh, I haven't even looked at these. Okay. I'll start with Emily then. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Emily, what makes you feel sexy? Well, like I said, my husband's smashing the uh, the beeping. Thing the Do you know what I've been thinking That's about? Quite this? a niche I think, porn. Okay, it's a niche porn. I think when someone gives you their full concentration. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, no, I'm staring at you. Yeah, you no, know I, know. I, mean? I know. I'm staring at producer Emma. Not yeah. in a kind of weird, oh my stalkery God, you could way. Cut the tension with a knife. <laughs> like what does she mean then I look up there yes your full concentration yes Emily it's quite a sexy thing when someone really listens to you or yes. is really like obs- I don't know yeah. yeah so I think that's what I find sexy Annabelle what makes you feel sexy oh I never really know till it happens <laughs> I tell you something though my body my body neurosis doesn't follow me into bed excellent once I'm there woohoo I tell you I think I have a sneaking suspicion even though if I, if I'm getting dressed really hard mm. I probably look a bit better with nothing on. Yeah, Not yeah. Not great. And also the light has to be right. There has to be Vaseline on the lens yeah. and all that. You're a but, fucking sensation. Emily, um, calm down. Um, but <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that, 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 it's quite a happy realisation for me that, yeah. uh, you know, I don't sort of think, oh, you know, do my thighs look big? I don't really care at that oh, point. Once you're in. Oh, lovely Once you're on the escalator, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. In. Moving swiftly into the next question. What's your most favourite thing to put in your body? You know what? That changes every day. Mm. Donuts. Yes. Lovely. Annabelle. I would say broadly. <laughs> I mean, probably alcohol. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Champagne. What's your favourite alcohol? I do like champagne. I like tequila. Mm. And I like vodka. Yes. Very oh, yeah. good. Lovely. I, Shorts, I, ladies. Yes. <laughs> I like an old fashioned. I like I like a like a like a gingery rummy sort of thing. That's my my favourite. Anyway, uh, what's your most embarrassing body moment, ladies? It may uh, have happened together. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Most embarrassing body moment. Um, I mean, two weeks ago, I went and had a, a picnic with some really good friends of mine, and it took me about 10 minutes to get off the picnic. Um, <laughs> oh, love. Because we've been sitting down for so long on the, mm. on the, on the, on the I'm going to make excuses now, yes. on the cold, hard ground. Yes. And it, honestly, I had to kind of like Did you roll myself off, and it felt oh. really humiliating, oh, actually. Oh, no. Yeah, but old lady, but really old lady. Oh no, nice. Uh, me? Yes. Do you know? I think I've buried it. Yeah. There've been so many that I almost find it quite hard to think about. <laughs> you might be traumatized. Yes. I have to say, I've been having periods for thirty years or something, and even when I don't have my period, I still look at a white chair, a white sofa, 
as a threat. With fear. Yeah, yeah. with great, great fear. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I also have the, a bladder the size of a lentil and, mm. and we were once interviewed for like for our first sort of major profile and I had a little bit of wee in my jumpsuit. Very nice. That's a little damp spot. So sophisticated. It's like mm. when you want to feel, you know, like you really oh. have your shit together. But yeah, like the trampoline is not <laughs> no. friend. I can't do it. I can't even look at it. Third sneeze. I can do the first two because you're kind of in control. But that third sneeze is <gasps> like... to hold on. Yes. And, 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 and crush the pelvic floor. It, and exactly. Like sort of curl up into a ball. Oh, to, yeah, oh, absolutely. Dreadful business. The next segment is called Fat Facts. So I'm going to blow your mind with a with a fact I've got from the internet about bodies. Uh, did you know that you lose four kilos of skin cells every year? Can you imagine that as a visualisation? A sack. That a makes sack me think of, of fatbergs. Sk- yes. Do you know underneath the... Skinbergs. Mm. Skinbergs. Yeah. <gasps> that is amazing. And most of, most of the dust that you see underneath your bed is skin. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Not under Annabelle's bed, but definitely under my bed. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, I know. I so have you got a have you got a messy and a neat partner? Who's the are you? Are you more neat, Annabelle? Yeah. Yep. It's so funny because like talking I'm not, to you, I just it's it's not that I'm more neat. I mean, Emily looks much neater than me, mm. but it's my house. Okay, you have to have a neat. Yeah, Emily, you're a bit more. I'm just a. I, I I'm not that fast. Okay. Sometimes I open my linen cupboard just to know that everything is all right in there, and then I shut it again. And sometimes Emily opens my linen cupboard just to know that everything's all right. <laughs> she doesn't have a linen cupboard; she has a pile. Yes, yeah. I do too. At the end of my bed, there's some towels, maybe. Possibly. She says Probably. they're clean. She says the pile is clean stuff. The pile is kind of clean. It's yes. fine. Yes. Also, you know, our, our, our dog sleeps on, on our bed too. So there's a whole layer of, and when it's when mm. it's winter, um, it's basically like sleeping on a kind of, on a like mud, <coughs> gritty bath. I don't like to discuss this. I bought her a fitted sheet for Christmas because yes. she only had one. No, 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 incorrect. <laughs> Just one sheet in her life. <laughs> but I only do the sheet. Anyway. Um, but it, it has it has been fairly transformative, actually. The second sheet. Oh. Highly recommend it, guys. Oh. <laughs> I bought her a fitted sheet and she bought me a posh bottle opener. Oh, and this is love. And the year love. before was also good. I think I think uh, you bought me some hangers with clips on, which I oh, fucking I love. Yeah. Revolutionary. And what? And I got you some hoop earrings. Yeah, because I just had my ears pierced a few months ago. Oh, yes, I remember yeah. you. Yes. Which has been fantastic. Now all I, I see in the world is hoops. Yeah, yeah. Magnificent. All right. And it's amazing, actually, to think that you didn't, that you took that long to have your, that, that hoops haven't been part of your daily existence. Oh, I know. Well, I wore Claire's accessories clip-on hoops for about 10 years. I can't do Where the gold rubs anymore. off. Yeah, yeah. No good. Yeah. No. Come, come well, what I've realised is, now that I wear, I wear bit, like a big diamond stud, mm. which is probably 15 quid from accessorise. Yes. But because I'm so old, everyone thinks it's real. Fantastic. This is it. It's all about confidence, ladies. Yeah, yeah there's so all many, about confidence. Wear it so like it's pros. real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many pros. The Hall of Fat Fame. The next segment is called Hall of Fat Fame. So oh. we like to, at the end of the podcast, put someone in the, the Hall of Fame. So who would you put in as, a, as an inspiration? Who do you, To me? Yes. Emily. Oh no! Because also, I tell you what happened years and years ago is that um, I lost this enormous amount of weight, mm. and and what was sort of rather sort of compelling and disgusting was how interested people were in me. You know, yeah. oh my God, what's happened to you? And I again, as I said, I was so unhappy, I hadn't really noticed. Yeah. And then I, I and then I, I, I anonymously wrote about it and wrote mm. about what happened, and how I'd felt, and how I'd sort of basically physically melted from shock and misery mm. and woken up with this new body. And and Emily said. But you were always beautiful. And she's been saying it ever since. And I almost, almost believe her sometimes. You should. So she's in my Hall of Fat fame. Oh, Emily. Well, I've got to put you in. No, you don't. No, 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 no you really don't. You no, really but don't. I think no, no. that... I know my place in your life, and it may not be this. I No, I, actually, I think I will put you in, just because I... There is nobody else I'd rather do this with. Beautiful. Women rock. Fatspiration. So this is these are the words or the the mantra. Fatspiration. Fatspiration. I love it. Like fats entertainment. No, that's not right. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. Fats all, folks. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Take fat. Uh, so um, a new band. Um, is fat it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got me there, people. They've got me there. <laughs> Excellent. 
<laughs> so, so what would be your meme? What would be your? Have you both got a saying that you 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 hold dear that gets you through? I this is what I do to Annabelle and me when when we're stuck mm. is I say go Moot, come on Moot Meekin. <laughs> like, yeah, we like, use our riff, we come on Rifkin, come do on, it Rifkin. Excellent. And it's like it's like you're the sort of cheerleader in your life cheering on the women's football team go lionesses you know that's, yes. that's that's how i feel so come on come, come on, on excellent i love it my darlings you've been magnificent as we always. love you helen yeah we, we do lo- we love you we i love you you're amazing <laughs> um and do please listen to their wonderful podcast uh, i love all of the episodes especially who's the lady from last minute Oh, Martha Lane Fox. Fox. Yeah. Amazing. I completely. Also, your episode, which oh, yes, I was just on there. Of, I don't think it was just full of us snorting with laughter. I, in your episode, I remember a story where someone farted in the fridge. Ellie farted in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that was like in the first five minutes to try and trap the fart. Yeah. When we were backstage at a gig and Ellie farted in the fridge. I was like, <laughs> she looked she looked puzzled. And then all of a sudden just opened a fridge and farted in it. I was like, what have you done? <laughs> she was like, like, I don't. She looked puzzled. <laughs> have you done (laughs) (laughs) it was the only way oh listener thank you for joining us uh, on this wonderful ride through uh, the middle I've been Helen Thorne your host the producer was Emma Corsham uh, and of course this podcast was sponsored by the fabulous FNF clothing we love FNF hooray Uh, follow them at FNF clothing and you can buy them online next.co.uk and get them in the big store the Tesco extra stores anyway you love them I love them thank you very much for listening goodbye Bye! Bye! <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.